is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. One of the things I find most disturbing, and we'll get into North Korea a little bit later, because uh, much has been said already today, but I'll add my two cents worth. And my two cents, of course, is worth $45, but we'll get into it. But one of the things that is so troubling, and I, I hammered on this last week when I returned from Israel, is the extent to which the American media hates America. The extent to which the American media really speaks essentially with one voice, and it is a progressive leftist radical voice. The extent to which the American media represents the highest echelons of the Democrat Party, which also hates America. What do you think fundamental transformation is all about? When I say hate America, I'm talking about our founding principles. I'm talking about our history. And so many of the traditions and values that our grandparents, parents, and we have embraced through the centuries. And uh, the coverage of this president, whether it's North Korea, where he did exactly the right thing, he hit the brakes, or Iran, where he did exactly the right thing, dealing with that genocidal uh, regime, where he withdrew from a deal that was a disastrous deal, Or you name it. The media back our enemies. Whether they be terrorists or fascists or communists, it's of no consequence to them. And the media, members of the media are constantly lecturing you and me about how this president is threatening freedom of the press. About how this president is threatening the First Amendment. Free speech. They've never seen anything like this. About how this president lies. He's a serial liar. About how this president is mentally ill and mentally unstable. And on and on and on. We've never seen anything like it, have we? And here we have a situation in which the intelligence community at the senior levels led by Brennan and Clapper, among others. Federal law enforcement at the senior levels, led by Comey and Mueller, have as their purpose the destruction of this president. And I think it even goes beyond that. They had as their purpose to continue the Obama administration through Hillary Clinton. That is, the sitting administration in control of the federal government didn't want to let go of power. They didn't want to let go of power. And the media in this country didn't want them to let go of power either. Media in this country in this country treated Barack Obama with kid gloves. They treated Hillary Clinton with kid gloves, despite her serial violations of the Espionage Act. When you have media personalities like Jake Tapper, a narcissist 
an egomaniac who goes on TV about how he doesn't like liars and he's going to hold them to account, you got to laugh. This former staffer to a left-wing member of Congress, this former staffer to Handgun Control Inc. When you have somebody like a Don Lemon, who I never heard of before, but he's on CNN until he joined CNN, saying that the president is a racist because the president criticizes his wildly radical propaganda that he dresses up as news, that tells you something's wrong with Don Lemon. And they're not the only ones. You got a whole list of them at CNN. You got a whole list of them at MSNBC, a whole list of them at the New York Times and the Washington Post, and frankly, the Washington Press Corps. And they say they're just defending themselves and they're upholding freedom of the press under the First Amendment because we've never seen anything like this, you know. Never seen anything like this. And that, in part, is what I want to address. Back in December of 2016, there was a piece written in, of all places, the New York Times by James Risen, who's been around a while. And I want to remind you of what he said. This is a liberal and a journalist. If Donald Trump decides as president, now they all hate Trump, so that's understood. But he writes, if Donald Trump decides as president to throw a whistleblower in jail for trying to talk to a reporter, or gets the FBI to spy on a journalist, he will have one man to thank for bequeathing him such expansive power. Barack Obama. Did you ever hear Jake Tapper or Don Lemon or Rachel Maddow or the Schmoes, Mr. and Mrs. or any of them say such a thing? No, you didn't. He says, Mr. Trump made his animus toward the news media clear during the presidential campaign, often expressing his disgust with coverage through Twitter or in diatribes at rallies. So if his campaign is any guide, Mr. Trump seems likely to enthusiastically embrace the aggressive crackdown on journalists and whistleblowers that is an important yet little understood component of Mr. Obama's presidential legacy. And yet Trump hasn't done any of that, has he? Criticism of Mr. Obama's stance on free press, government transparency and secrecy is hotly disputed by the White House, that is the Obama White House. But many journalist groups say the record is clear. Over the past eight years, the administration has prosecuted nine cases involving whistleblowers and leakers, compared with only three by all previous administrations combined. It has repeatedly used the Espionage Act, a relic of World War I-era red-baiting, not to prosecute spies, but to go after government officials who talk to journalists. Under Mr. Obama, the Department of Justice and FBI have spied on reporters for monitoring by monitoring their phone records, labeled one journalist an unindicted co-conspirator in a criminal case for simply doing reporting, and issued subpoenas to other reporters to try and force them to reveal their sources and testify in criminal cases. James Risen says, I experienced this pressure firsthand when the administration tried to compel me to testify to reveal my confidential sources in a criminal leak investigation. The Justice Department finally relented, even though it had already won a seven-year court battle that went all the way to the Supreme Court to force me to testify, most likely because they feared the negative publicity that would come from sending a New York Times reporter to jail. In an interview last May, President Obama pushed back on their criticism of his administration 
uh, that he had been gauged in a war on the press. He argued that the number of leaked prosecutions his administration had brought had been small and that some of those cases were inherited from the George Bush administration. But critics say the crackdown has as much greater chilling effect on press freedom than Mr. Obama acknowledges. In a scathing 2013 report for the Committee to Protect Journalists, Leonard Downey, a former executive editor of the Washington Post, who now teaches at Arizona State University, said the war on leaks and other efforts to control information was, quote, the most aggressive I've seen since the Nixon administration when I was one of the editors involved in the Washington Post investigation of Watergate. When Mr. Obama was elected in 2008, freedom groups had high expectations for the former constitutional law professor, particularly after the press had suffered through eight years of bitter confrontation with the Bush administration. But today, many of those same groups say Mr. Obama's record of going after both journalists and their sources has set a dangerous precedent that Mr. Trump can easily exploit. Quote, Obama has laid all the groundwork Trump needs for an unprecedented crackdown on the press, said Trevor Tim, executive director, the nonprofit Freedom of the Press Foundation. Now, Try as best you can, even though it's difficult, to ignore their attacks on Trump, who's done none of these things. It's all Obama. Dana Priest, a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter for The Washington Post, added, Obama's attorney general repeatedly allowed the FBI to use intrusive measures against reporters more often than any time in recent memory. The moral obstacles have been cleared for Trump's attorney general to go even further to forget that it's a free press that has distinguished us from other countries and to try to silent dissent by silencing an institution whose job is to give voice to dissent. The Obama administration's heavy-handed approach represents a sharp break with tradition. For decades, official Washington did next to nothing to stop leaks. Occasionally, the CIA or some other agency, nettled by an article or broadcast, would loudly proclaim it was going to investigate a leak, but then would merely go through the motions and abandon the case. Of course, reporters and sources still had to be careful to avoid detection by the government. But leak investigations were (laughs) a low priority for the Justice Department and the FBI. In fact, before the George Bush administration, that's Bush 43, Only one person was ever convicted under the Espionage Act for leaking, Samuel Morrison, a Navy analyst arrested in 1984 for giving spy satellite photos of a Soviet aircraft carrier to Jane's Defense Weekly, and he was later pardoned by President Bill Clinton. They go on, things began to change in the Bush era. You know, they got to throw in Bush, and of course Trump wasn't even president when this was written, so they have to bring that up. So again, ignore it. The Obama administration quickly ratcheted up the pressure and made combating leaks a top priority for federal law enforcement. Large-scale leaks by Chelsea Manning and later by Edward Snowden prompted the administration to adopt a zealous prosecutorial approach toward all leaking. Lucy Dalglish, a dean of the University of Maryland's Journalism School, recalls that during a private 2011 meeting intended to air differences between media representatives and administration officials, You got the impression from the tone of the government officials that they wanted to take a zero-tolerance approach. Now, that's what Obama did with the media. That's what Obama did with media sources, even though Obama was treated as a king and untouchable by the American media.
the man who did more in modern American history to abuse the media, to abuse freedom of the press, to criminalize and um, charge, punish, and imprison matters related to reporting than any modern president is celebrated by the media. Donald Trump hasn't done any of this. And yet Donald Trump is said to threaten freedom of the press because he dares to defend himself publicly. He dares to use Twitter rather than go through the press. He dares to call out so-called journalists by their names and question their reporting. And the hostility of the media, the, the salivating, poisonous, vile hate that comes through the screen from everyone at CNN, everyone at MSNBC, and that comes through the writings of the New York Times and the Washington Post is obvious. And yet Donald Trump has done nothing to the media in this country. Nothing. He's done nothing to any reporter in this country. He's done nothing to any of their sources, as far as we know. And he has every right to do it. But he hasn't. So when you hear these fools, these leftist ideologues, these, these graduates from journalism school, many of whom have worked in politics before, who are partisan hacks, who claim to defend the freedom of the press... Ask yourself, how have they defended the freedom of the press? What exactly have they done other than run their big mouths to try and drive out this president? What the hell have they done to defend freedom of the press? Nothing. Attacking the president, trying to push him out of office, character assassinating him, twisting his words, twisting his motives, is not protecting freedom of the press. It's abusing it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The modern American media, they hate Trump. They hate him for a variety of reasons. Most of all because he's not Hillary Clinton. And he's not Barack Obama. They hate Trump, so they lie about his threat to freedom of the press. I want to read you an executive order by a president. His name was Abraham Lincoln. It was an executive order issued on May 18, 1864, to Major General John A. Drix, DRX, commanding at New York. So the Civil War is still on. Whereas there's been wickedly and traitorously printed and published this morning in the New York World and the New York Journal of Commerce, newspapers printed and published in the city of New York, a false and spurious proclamation purporting to be signed by the president and to be countersigned by the Secretary of State, which publication is of a treasonable nature designed to give aid and comfort to the enemies of the United States and to the rebels now at war against the government and their aiders and abettors, you are therefore hereby commanded forthwith to arrest and imprison in any fort or military prison in your command the editors, proprietors, and publishers of the aforesaid newspapers, 
and all such persons as after public notice has been given of the falsehood of said publication, print and publish the same with intent to give aid and comfort to the enemy. And you will hold the person so arrested in close custody until they can be brought to trial before a military commission for their offense. You will also take possession by military force of the printing establishments of the New York World and Journal of Commerce and hold the same until further orders and prohibit any further publication therefrom. That is from the American Presidency Project website, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Has Donald Trump done anything like this? Donald Trump hasn't done anything like that. Donald Trump hasn't done anything like Barack Obama has done. Nothing. And yet you hear the hysteria from the radical leftist progressives who are dressed up as journalists all over cable TV and network TV and who sit at home behind their computers and tap away at their keyboards and write pieces, news pieces, columns, editorials, telling you that this president, particularly this president, we've never seen anything like it, that this president is a threat to freedom of the press because he dares to fight back. He dares to call out newspapers and other publications by name. He dares to call out the reporters by name. He dares to challenge them. And in doing so, you see, he's a threat to freedom of the press. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Conservative and proud of it. Call the Mark Levin Show at 877-381-3811. Then we get into this issue. Have we ever seen a president this. I don't know. He's so out of out of the norm. I mean, he's so intemperate. He tweets. He speaks his mind. He has no no governor on his mouth. I mean, he just he just goes off. We've never seen anything like this. Well, that's a lie too. Obviously, their description is wrong, but it's a lie. There's even a piece written in the New Republic. On March 25th, 2016. And these are not friends of Trump. So while they're pointing things out, they're still trashing him, like that James Risen, even though there was no reason to. The New York Times. But this is at the New Republic, which has become a radical left enterprise, even though in the past it wasn't as radical, but it was left. In fact, early on it was a, a magazine of the progressive movement, and Theodore Roosevelt used to write for it as a progressive. 
But let's take a look at what they have to say here. Have Americans ever placed anyone, and I'm not reading the whole thing, with the curious catalogical makeup of Donald in the White House before? To find comparable presidents, we have to go back to the 19th century. John Adams, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, and John Tyler. While these four 19th century presidents were all more qualified than Trump to set foot in the White House, see, they take their shots, but ignore all that. They did share his reckless temperament. The history lesson should make Americans wary of Trump, as three of the four were doomed to unsuccessful one-term presidencies. That's not why I'm reading this to you. That's that guy's hackneyed, predictable comment. But let's look at some of the history. Though John Adams, our second president, was an intellectual powerhouse, his fiery disposition caused him problems throughout his political career. As biographer John Furling has noted, Adams' great failings seemed to be his volcanic temper, which could explode with such suddenness and so little provocation that some of his colleagues feared that passion occasionally eclipsed reason. At the Continental Congress, fellow delegates liked to pick Adams' brain, but they saw him as too unstable to be a leader. Thus, the admission of Adams' character in the musical 1776 that he was too obnoxious and disliked to draft the Declaration of Independence, hews closely to reality. Now, this is them writing. As President Adams exhibited a Trump-like contempt for his cabinet, most of whom disagreed strongly with his policies. And like Trump, the only advisor Adams ever took seriously was a member of his own family, his wife, Abigail. Now, these are lies about Trump. It's not my point. Trump does not stand alone. When you look at him compared to other presidents, in his temperament, in his passion, his forthrightness, and his transparency, they're trying to trash Trump and these former presidents. Forget about that. Just follow the point. In early 1800, Secretary of War James McHenry resigned in the wake of a vicious tirade by the president. Writing of the incident to a family member, McHenry described Adams as totally insane. Of course, Adams was a genius. We know that. Adams also had little tolerance for dissenters in the media. On the ninth anniversary of of the storming of the Bastille, he signed the Alien and Sedition Acts, which punished journalists who made what were deemed false, scandalous, and malicious statements against government officials with both hefty fines and prison sentences. Really? He threw journalists in prison? And fined them? Our second president, one of our founders, one of the signers of the Declaration and the Constitution, he did that? Trump didn't do that. While Adams tried to pass off his draconian measure as the handiwork of his fellow Federalist Alexander Hamilton, the former Treasury Secretary considered it an act of tyranny. Hamilton also argued that an ungovernable temper made Adams unfit to govern. American voters apparently agreed Adams lost the election in 1800 to Thomas Jefferson by 23 points. Adams' eldest son, John Quincy, had an even harder time getting along with his fellow man. As our sixth president wrote in his diary, my political adversaries call me a gloomy misanthropist, and my personal enemies an unsocial savage. Biographer Paul Nagel describes him as notorious for his harshness, tactlessness, and even rudeness. Like Trump, writes the left-wing writer, who was once a Democrat, Adams had no use for party loyalty. 
His only allegiance was to himself. As a young Federalist senator from Massachusetts, he repeatedly sided with the Democratic Republicans. This sounds more like John McCain, with all due respect. The Federalist Party honchos were greatly relieved when he resigned his seat in 1808. This undiplomatic man turned out to be a good diplomat, but his success had more to do with his towering intellect than his people skills. And it goes on. Just as a second-grade Donald Trump punched his music teacher, the 10-year-old John Tyler bound and gagged his schoolmaster, whom he left for dead. And like Trump, our 10th president was not only combative, but lusty, too. And he goes on about that. Andrew Jackson, who served for two terms in between John Quincy Adams and Tyler, was the one fire president who ranks high in the polls taken by historians. Like Trump and Tyler, the young Jackson liked to punch people out. Trump didn't like to punch people out, but that's my, my point. Stay with me. And rage attacks would remain a constant throughout his life. As one biographer put it, he could hate with a biblical fury and would resort to petty and vindictive acts to nurture his hatred and keep it bright and strong and ferocious. Of his brief career as a senator from Tennessee in the late 1790s, Thomas Jefferson observed he could never speak on account of the rashness of his feelings. And it all goes on. According to Evis Thomas's uh, book, Ike's, that is Dwight Eisenhower, bluff, when President Dwight Eisenhower, a.k.a., quote, the terrible temper Mr. Bang, told aides that his mother had taught him how to control his emotions, they would respond sotto voce, and, he, and she didn't do a very good job. But Ike was self-aware enough to hire his son John as his assistant staff secretary in his second term. In John's presence, Ike would give himself permission to lose it, figuring that he would thus be able to keep himself in check the rest of the time, a strategy that was largely successful and so forth. And why am I reading this to you? To give you some perspective that you'll never get from Jake Tapper or Don Lemon or Wolf Blitzer. That you'll never get from Joe Scarborough or Mika Brzezinski, Chris Matthews, or any of the rest of them. That you'll never get from Acosta, from, uh, from the New York Times and the Washington Post. Donald Trump is not a danger to the media. He's not a danger to freedom of the press. He's not locking up anybody. He's not going after anybody. Donald Trump is not an insane, ranting, emotional wreck. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's not unusual in this regard at all. And yet the media in this country wants you to believe that he is. What is unusual going on right now is that the media as a profession, the media have thrown in with the criminal activities of the top echelon of the FBI and our intelligence community. They've thrown in with the Kremlin and the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC on the dossier because they seek to unseat a president of the United States. That's what's unique about this time. Not Trump. There's nothing weird about Trump. There's nothing outrageous about Trump when you look at, again, at the long uh, history of this country, 250 years, then you understand Donald Trump. What you won't understand are the media. The media in this country. 
And the reason we have a media like this in the country is the reason we have public schools that we have in this country or the universities and colleges of the sort that we have in this country or Hollywood. Very unpatriotic that we have in this country because the progressive ideology for the last hundred years has taken hold on numerous institutions. We can't vote out members of the media. We can't vote out teachers. We can't vote out professors. We can't vote out actors and actresses. We can vote out presidents. And when we voted against Hillary Clinton, when we ended the Obama regime, when we put a president in place who is not a progressive, who is not of Hollywood, who's not of the media, who's not of the progressive politicians, they rose up. They rose up. And they want to remove them. And they want to remove them even more than they would any typical Republican president because he fights back. And that's absolutely intolerable. And so they want you to think he's a psycho. They want you to think he's mentally unstable. They want you to think he's illiterate and moronic. They want you to think that he's corrupt financially. They want you to think that he's a sleaze. They want you to think all these things about Donald Trump. And the fact of the matter is, the media in this country are filled with all those kinds of people. Sleazes, mentally unstable, narcissists, egomaniacs, mentally ill. All you have to do is watch TV. They're all right there for you to see. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. One of the questions we keep hearing, one of the questions we keep hearing uh, about um, me our radio fans and my Fox fans is, okay, we hear you on radio, we watch you on Fox. Why do we need Levin TV? Because it's a totally different format. I do radio on radio. I do my cable TV show on cable, and Levin TV is totally different. There's no commercials. And I can cover issues differently. When I do radio, obviously there's no graphics, there's no... Visuals, you got to use your own mind, which is very, very cool. It's a totally different format. When I do Fox, they have the clock, the certain segments that we have and certain visuals that they allow. And we do that show. And when we do Levin TV, I make all those decisions. It's totally different. Those of you who have it know exactly what I'm talking about. The other thing is Levin TV is one show. It's the marquee show, but it's one show on CRTV. We're very proud of CRTV. It's called Conservative Review TV, and all our hosts work very hard. All our hosts actually produce real programs. They don't have to be begged to produce programs. This is what they do. This is what they want to do. And you know many of them. You know Michelle Malkin and Steve Crowder and Andrew Wilkell, and Phil Robertson, and so many other wonderful people. So you really ought to check us out. We cover stories 
that you won't see anywhere else, or we cover them in a way that you won't see anywhere else. I was on Steve Crowder's show the other day. We had a blast. I really like him a lot. He is a very, very sharp guy. And, of course, Andrew Welkow, I've known for 15 years. He, he started as my substitute on my Sunday show on WABC. Michelle Malkin, who doesn't know her and the great work that she's done? And there's a whole bunch more. Try us out for 30 days absolutely free. It's absolutely free. And use promo code LEVIN, that's L-E-V-I-N, you'll get 10 bucks off an annual pass. So it goes from $99 to $89, which is a few dollars a month. $89 for the entire year, all the programs. You can't get cable for a month for $89. You can't get cable for one month for $89. We give you a whole year. And how do you watch us? You can watch us on your smart TV through Roku. You can watch us on your iPhone, your Android, your handheld device. You can watch us on your iPad, your laptop, your PC. There's so many ways to watch us, and we're expanding that too. So try us out for 30 days absolutely free. Use promo code LEVIN, and you'll get the $10 off the annual pass. And by the way, setup is really quick. It's very easy to get to watch us within five minutes because you'll call this toll-free number, and they'll tell you how to set it up. And here's the number. And by the way, it's a lot easier than watching it on cable where you have to bring somebody into the house. You got to have a cable run to your house. We don't do that. Or satellite. We got to get a guy, put a dish up. None of that. Call 844-LEVIN-TV. That's 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV. And we'll get you going. You'll check it out for 30 days. See what you think. 844-LEVIN-TV. 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV. Well, let's take a caller here, shall we? Let us go to Paul, Youngstown, Ohio, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Hey, thank you very much for taking my call. I appreciate you bet. it. Yes, hey, sir. Um, what, what I want to cover is I'm in healthcare, uh, specifically pharmaceuticals. Uh, I am a pharmacist. Any literature in the oh, healthcare... Oh, I think we're supposed to hate you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, any literature that you want to publish... Uh, if you're a researcher and you want to publish in the pharmaceutical literature, in the healthcare literature, you have to declare conflicts of interest. It is a, a part of the standard procedure on there. So that if, if you've done a study, let's say, on a certain drug, and I can see that, that for XYZ Pharmaceutical, you've been a consultant for them, you've accepted research funds, you've been a speaker for them, and that can help me get a feel for, our, you know, if you might be kind of biased in your opinion of this drug. Now, I'm not saying, you know, opinion pieces or editorials. I'm talking about legitimate research, like we would talk about a, a news story okay. as opposed to an op-ed piece. Got it. Uh, and, and wouldn't it be nice if we would... The only place that we get that information is is from you folks, where we say, "Hey, look! Look at all the contributions of the, you know, of, of these um, folks that that went to the the Clinton campaign or to the Democrats." That gives you an idea that you don't get that 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 background information in other places, and I think it's very important. Another thing, I hate it. Any Associated Press article is anonymous. All that the byline is Associated Press. All right. Thank you for your call, sir. Here's what I would like to add to this. Kind of add on to what he said, but a little differently here. You know, early on in our country, uh, there were newspapers, there were pamphleteers. 
And none of them claimed to be objective, unbiased news sources. They claimed to be news sources. But they would align with a particular party, or they would align with a particular movement, or they would align with a particular group, and you would know it. What's very frustrating and troubling here is that we know that 80 or 90% of these media personalities and their corporate uh, bosses align with the Democrat Party and advance the left-wing progressive agenda. How do we know? Well, we see it. We hear it. We read it. That's how we know. And many of them are former Democrat staffers on Capitol Hill and elsewhere. So they pretend to be objective when they're not objective. They pretend to be bringing you the news when they're not bringing you the news, certainly not untainted by their own ideology. There's something to be said to returning to the day when these media outlets and these media personalities formally, formally align themselves with the party or ideology that they represent. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, So the media are denying that there was a spy or spies in the Trump campaign. Well, who who made this up? Well, Trump's a liar, don't you know? New York Times first reported this last Thursday. We went over it in great detail. That will be a best of show on Memorial Day. Talked about an informant who questioned three Trump campaign activists. Uh, so the media, again, splitting hairs, say he's an informant, not a spy, and that he wasn't implanted. Well, of course he was implanted. So the media resist the facts that are put out by the New York Times. The New York Times reversed course. And they take seriously a fool like James the Clap Clapper, where he goes on and he says, well, actually, they were there investigating Russia, not Trump. 
and the concern was that the Russians were everywhere, interfering with our election. Now, but notice, as a brilliant caller said last night, and I want to repeat it, well, then why didn't they have informants in all the campaigns? Why didn't they have an informant at the DNC since the Russians hacked the DNC emails? So that argument doesn't make any sense. And James Clapper was on CNN yesterday. CNN, where he is a paid contributor. Listen to this with Jake Tapper, the phony host journalist. Cut 14, go. Caputo um, says that um, he, he told the Intelligence Committee's House and Senate and Mueller's team uh, that a second individual uh, who worked for the U.S. government approached an intermediary, a friend of his, and offered up Hillary Clinton's uh, missing emails. Um, were there other individuals poking and prodding members of the Trump team trying to find out if uh, they were getting emails or other information from the Russians? Well, there could have been. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what this what this is about, and I don't I don't actually know what Mr. Caputo was referring to. But I uh, presume, I mean, the inference I drew from that was there was a, another informant from some other part of the, of the federal government. I'm not aware of that. You're not aware of any. When you say there could be, do you know well, of I, I, other... You, know, you never say never, but I, I, I'm not aware of... of uh, I wasn't aware of the first one, and nor, nor should I have been. See, because, because, Jake, you're such... You're so dense. These were FBI informants. He was the director of national intelligence. And the way it's supposed to work is they don't work together. Because we're not supposed to have domestic intelligence operations like the old KGB and in other uh, fascistic or communist, whatever, totalitarian regimes, Jake. So Clapper wouldn't know about it unless he or one of the agencies under him, the CIA or something, had an informant in the campaign. This is the FBI. So how would Clapper know? Quite different than a FISA application that is a counterintelligence investigation, which even though led by the FBI and signed off by individuals in the Justice Department like Sally Yates, the intelligence community would know about it because it involves national security related to intelligence and foreign policy and that sort of thing. And, of course, Clapper made it clear in his interview with Chuck Todd, and we played it yesterday, uh, some time ago, a year ago, more than a year ago, uh, that had there been a FISA application issued, that excuse me, warrant issued, uh, based on a FISA application, he would have been aware of it. Uh, he said there was none. He was lying then because, of course, now we know there was one and it was extended three different times. So that's Jake Tapper, who's obviously lying or is an ignoramus. And I want to use this microphone, as Jake claims to use his television camera, to tell the truth, to smoke out the idiocy, the fake news, the, the attacks on our freedom of the press and the dishonesty of the people at CNN. Just wanted to point that out. I'm going to get to North Korea, but I want to get to something else first. This Time, used to be Time Magazine. I don't think it exists anymore, so Time Magazine is a website now called Time. Although I'm reading here that there is a Time Magazine. Okay, great. Wasn't aware of that, so there you have it. Now, Full disclosure, my beautiful, brilliant wife, Julie, 
once worked for an organization called Freedom Partners, which is part of the the Koch nonprofit operation. And uh, so I want to put that out there so nobody says, well, you never told us, you never told us. Well, now I just told you. But she once worked there. She doesn't work there now. Now, having said that, I want to read this to you. Koch-backed group, immigration group, wants voters to press Congress to act on immigration reform. In other words, amnesty. Hello, amnesty. An advocacy group backed by the Koch brothers focused on the Hispanic community is sending out a new round of mailers urging constituents to contact lawmakers on both sides of the aisle to support a comprehensive immigration bill. In other words, no wall, no elimination of, uh, of this uh, nonsense that they have, this chain migration. I don't even like comprehensive uh, immigration reform. It's, it's not that. Orchestrated by the Libra, Libra Initiative, L-I-B-R-E, the mailers are part of a seven-figure campaign by the Koch Network to push Congress to act on immigration reform. So you see these liberal Republicans now are pushing this. And the Koch Network is pushing them. The immigration plan the network supports includes a permanent solution for dreamers. Immigrants who came to the country undocumented with their parents when they were children. And $25 billion to enhance border security. Both Democrats and Republicans are responsible for reaching a permanent legislative solution for dreamers, said Daniel Garza, president of the Lieber Initiative. Acting now would unlock the potential of the dreamers, promote economic opportunity, and strengthen our communities. Lieber Initiatives and Freedom Partners Chamber of Commerce, another group backed by the Koch Network, announced the seven-figure campaign last month. The launch of the campaign was accompanied by a television ad featuring former President Barack Obama, an anomaly for the network, which almost universally backs conservative candidates and policies. Well, among those they're pressuring, ladies and gentlemen, is Senator Ted Cruz in Texas. So, if you think the Koch brothers are conservatives, they do some conservative things, but they're not. I'm just telling you here. This is my opinion. I'm not speaking for anyone in my family or anybody else, although my wife agrees with me. When it comes to national security, they're with Rand Paul, not Ted Cruz. And when it comes to immigration, when it comes to an issue like this, they're with the left. They're with the left. Now, I just want to point this out. Why? How do you think MS-13 gang members get here? There's a great piece by my buddy Daniel Horowitz over at Conservative Review. I want to strongly encourage you to go over there and check it out. ConservativeReview.com. And he points out, this means more MS-13 people coming into the country. Why? It also means more MS-13 people who are dreamers... Becoming here, uh, uh, be, be, becoming legalized and then citizens. Why? Because unless they take affirmative steps to commit crimes, they're here for good. And even if they take steps to commit crimes, our laws are such a mess, it's almost impossible to get rid of them. We try, and you can, it's not easy. I'll give you an example. People come into this country illegally. The president's talked about it. They're not deported immediately. It's catch and release. They're caught. 
They're given a court date in front of an administrative law judge, usually a year or two away, and most of them don't show up. That's how you get MS-13 members in this country. So the point is, these liberal Republicans, the Democrats and the Koch brothers, they're not addressing this. They're not addressing this. They want you to think everybody here is a dreamer. So they use the word dreamer. They don't, and I've told you a thousand times, they don't call our kids dreamers. Do they? They don't even talk about American citizen kids as dreamers. So I wanted to point that out. Because if I don't point it out, nobody else will. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. So uh, two groups were briefed by the FBI and Department of Justice on the FBI informant who just happened to be interviewing people in the Trump campaign. No, nobody in the Jill Stein campaign, certainly nobody in the Hillary Clinton campaign. And Adam Schiff and all of them, the Rockettes and the pom-pom boys and girls in the Democrat Party, uh, they've announced that there's nothing new here. Move along, move along, move along. So there's an informant, no big deal. There's a dossier funded by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC involving the Russians, no big deal. The dossier was used to get a warrant to spy on an American citizen without really telling the judge, no big deal. American citizens were unmasked by the prior administration, no big deal. The Logan Act, an act that's never been used in modern times against an American citizen, the deputy attorney general at the time, the acting attorney general in Obama holdover, Sally Yates, uses it as a way to set up a retired lieutenant general, a hero, Michael Flynn. No big deal. Move on. None of it's a big deal. The media, what do they do? They attack Trump. Oh, Trump's a liar. Trump's a this, Trump's a... Not only that, they take the perpetrators, Comey, Clapper, Brennan, and they give them airtime. The case of Brennan, he's paid for and hired by NBC as I understand it, to be a commentator. Clapper is paid for and hired by CNN, as I understand it, to be a commentator. Comey is on every one of these programs. They're laughing. They're patting him on the back. He's hawking his book. The three amigos, right there. Obama is busy screwing over the people in Chicago putting this monstrosity, which is his library, in a place where the people don't want it, pressuring local officials, zoning officials to give him what he wants, getting a massive money deal, he and his wife, from Netflix, which is run by a left-wing kook, in my humble opinion. That's where they are, never having to ask a question about anything. Nothing. Meanwhile, the Russians interfered in our election. Did you know that, ladies and gentlemen? Do you know when they interfered in our election? During the administration of Barack Obama. He's not held to account. Comey's not held to account. Clapper's not held to account. Brennan's not held to account. 
Lynch isn't held to account. Holder's not held to account. Susan Rice isn't held to account. None of them. None of them. That was the administration that was in charge. They were the ones who were supposed to protect us from the Russians. They didn't do any of it. They were busy surveilling with a human spy, maybe more than one, electronically, perhaps on wires, the campaign of the Republican. And the Democrats say, nothing new here, what's the big deal? And the media say, Trump's a liar, Trump's a liar, Trump's unhinged. Pretty sick, isn't it? Pretty damn sick. And yet this is where we are. This is where we are. All right. Let's take a few calls here. I've got more to say on this North. Well, you know what? I'm going to say it now in North Korea. The president has handled this beautifully. Three Americans are out. Our Navy is positioned with offensive nuclear subs and three aircraft carrier groups right off the peninsula of Korea. We've got economic sanctions in place. They're going to increase the sanctions. The president is doing all he can possibly do, short of going to war, to protect this nation from a rogue punk who inherited his country from his father. And his father inherited it from his father. And his father inherited it from Joseph Stalin. And the president decided today that he wasn't going to go forward with this summit, and he should have said that. You've got this other country trashing John Bolton, trashing the vice president of the United States, threatening war. For three days, as I understand it, the Secretary of State and the State Department couldn't even get a hold of their opposite parties in order to set up this, this summit in Singapore. So the president said, all right, forget it. I'm here. You want to talk to me, but forget it. And all day long, the Democrats, who hate Trump, so they stand up for UN. Who hate Trump, so they stand up for the mullahs in Iran. Who hate Trump, so thereby they hate Israel, and they stand up for Hamas against Israel. Those Democrats, no problem with spying. You know how they deal with spying? Just define it another way. No, these are informants. They weren't in plan. No, they just kind of talked to people. Oh, okay, sorry. These Democrats all day long were mocking Trump. Oh, look at him. There's Pelosi. What's the big deal? You know, <laughs> Whose best days are behind her, no doubt about it. Pelosi thinks it's really fun. Matter of fact, cut five, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. I think it's a good thing for Kim Jong-un. Here you had a thug, a person who killed his own family members, a person who has, uh, runs a police state uh, being legitimized by the president of the United States. Yeah, you're much like Cuba, you know, where your president was all excited about uh, putting an embassy there, or much like Syria, where you were very excited about uh, meeting the current genocidal murderer's uh, father. Remember that? Go ahead, Pelosi. They were 
on a par with each other. He got global recognition and regard. He's the big winner. And when he got this letter from the president saying, okay, never mind, he must be having a giggle fit. See, right? see Pelosi hates America. She hates our health care system. She hates our capitalist system. She hates our oil companies. She hates our, our national sovereignty and securing our border. Hate, 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 hate. So immediately she runs to the microphone with her dentures falling out of her mouth and her eyes popping out of her head. And she immediately runs to the microphone. <laughs> See the president? <laughs> he didn't have a meeting. <laughs> president has the upper hand here. He has the upper hand here. North Korea blew it. They blew it big time. They get nothing. Zero. <laughs> I'll be right back. Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. You know, uh, I'm watching with a buddy of mine this morning, uh, ESPN. I don't watch a lot of ESPN, but I was watching some ESPN. And they did a short, what, news coverage and discussion about a basketball player, an African-American gentleman, who was parked in a handicapped spot or two, and a number of police come up to him and actually surround him. And he didn't seem to be bothering anybody. I mean, he didn't seem to be talking back. He didn't do anything physical. Uh, I don't know the whole story, but I'm just telling you what I saw with my own two eyes, and... uh, the police handcuff him, they throw him to the ground, and they tase him. Now, he's a big guy. He's a basketball player. And those police officers have since been suspended by the chief of police. And the basketball player put out a very classy statement. He didn't bring up race. He didn't bring up politics. Sterling Brown, exactly. He didn't trash all the cops in the country. He was a class act, quite frankly. And yet ESPN, it's, it's race. It's race. Is there a reason why ESPN can never find any video of a white guy who might be treated that way by police officers? Is there a reason why? You know, it does happen from time to time. It's unfortunate. It really is. And police like that give police everywhere around the country a bad name. But... To leave the impression that this only happens because somebody's an African-American, I would like to know, have they ever seen video anywhere, online, anywhere, of a white guy being treated like that? It's all over the place. But they don't show it. But they don't show it. Why is that? I don't know. But like it'd be, it'd be nice to see a little bit of even-handedness. But this guy, Sterling Brown, I mean, I got to say, he was a class act. Okay, he parked in the wrong place. You know what you do when you park in there? You give a guy a ticket. 
you know, you don't, he doesn't need to be surrounded. He doesn't need to be handcuffed. He doesn't need to be pushed to the ground. He doesn't need to be tackled. He doesn't need to be tased and all the rest of it. Nobody's more pro-law enforcement than I am. And if new information comes out, by the way, I got no problem telling you about it. But the police chief himself suspended those police officers. I can see why. But what does this have to do now? We ha- every single time it's a racial statement. Every single time. Every single time. And this is how you get into terrible situations, like Baltimore. Baltimore is a very dangerous city. They can't hire enough cops. Whether the cops are African American, whether they're Latino, whether they're white, whether they're gay, whether they're straight, whether they're bi, whatever they are, they can't hire enough. They don't want to work there. They don't want to work there. And in my area here, a young woman who was 29 years old, who was a police officer, was murdered. And they have four or five suspects, a white woman. Now, it's been reported in my area. I haven't seen it reported nationally. She didn't do anything wrong. She didn't tase anybody. She wasn't handcuffing anybody. She was murdered in cold blood. Murdered in cold blood. Where's the race story? That's not being run on CNN. That's not being run on ESPN, I mean. It's not on ESPN. Why not? Because the juveniles who murdered her aren't athletes, I guess. Just my guess. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to bring it up because it, it, it kind of bothered me. That everything has to be turned into a political statement or a statement on race. You know, uh, my listener was in deep with the back taxes to the IRS. Roughly fifteen grand, and he couldn't pay. Just a matter of time until they garnished his wages and seized his bank account. Umpteen times. He heard me mention Optima tax release and how Optima knows that behind every tax problem are good people with families, homes, savings, paychecks that need protection. Umpteen times he thought about calling. Umpteen times he started to call. Then he dropped it. But finally, he called. And it was the best call he could have made. The tax experts at Optima qualified him for the Fresh Start Initiative, a special IRS program that saved him thousands and put his tax, debt, his tax debt to rest. Now, Optima has resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients, and they're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. When you're ready to put your IRS crisis behind you, one call, one call can start the process to solve it all. Call my trusted friends at Optima Tax Relief. Here's the number. 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. While I'm uh, doing a bit of gestalt with you here, so Congress, overwhelmingly, the House, maybe the Senate too, passes criminal justice reform. Wow, has the word justice and the word reform in there. Criminal justice reform, you know, like comprehensive immigration reform, 
must be good. Hey, let's vote for it. Now, this crap has been going around forever. And so many Republicans now support it because they want to be for criminal justice reform and defense lawyers all over the place and civil rights groups all over the place and Obama and all, all pushing it. The Koch brothers, they're pushing it too, by the way. Criminal justice reform. It's not criminal justice reform in any respect. It's a jailbreak. There's no reform. You have people in prison for a variety of offenses and you have politicians and certain organizations and whatever they are out there pushing criminal justice reform so thousands and thousands of people who be convicted of crimes are going to be released. They're going to be released. And I'm sure Andrew Cuomo, the low IQ governor of New York, he'll immediately confer on them the right to vote. Okay, you're pardoned, you're pardoned, you're pardoned, you're pardoned. You get the vote. Gee, I wonder who you're going to vote for. Anyway, this is another reform being pushed by libertarians and left-wing Democrats and community groups. Criminal justice reform. So criminals can be released. It's not criminal justice reform. It's criminal release. That's what it is. Now when you combine that with the number of criminals coming into this country, dreamers, all dreamers, you know, oh, they're dreamers. Next rocket scientist. Well, maybe there is one. Or a hundred and one, or a thousand and one, or a million or one. But still, the MS-13 types, they get in too. They get in too. So we have criminal justice reform. Oh. Immigration reform. Oh. All this cool reform stuff. Yes. It's going to get us killed. Just saying. No, I'm not accusing everyone of being anything. This is the trick of the left. It's a trick of media man. Oh, did you hear what he said? No, I know exactly what I'm saying. We have no great way to stop people from getting into this country, particularly when they're young, to know whether they're going to be members of the MS-13 gang or whether they're already members of the MS-13 gang. They don't walk through the front door. Hey, guess what? I'm a member of the MS-13 gang. Doesn't work that way. These politicians, it's interesting, they're interfering with the criminal justice system. They have decided that they know every single person in prison who's going to be released shouldn't really be there. All they want to be is a good citizen. They're behind bars. You know, they shouldn't be behind bars. No, no. The prosecutors were wrong. The juries were wrong. The judges were wrong. The appellate courts were wrong. But the politicians are right. And so we have criminal justice reform taking place, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, we got the dreamers. They need to become citizens, too. Hallelujah to that, too. And by the way, the Koch brothers support both of those things. As well as the left. Oh, it's true. Now back to North Korea, Robert Menendez, who was one step away from being a felon in federal prison in a cell with a guy named Bruce. Yes, Robert Menendez, 
He was on CNN today. And, of course, when it comes to North Korea, what does he do? He trashes the president. Cut six. Go. The art of diplomacy is a lot harder than the art of the deal. Yeah, we- really? Like staying the, uh, the art of staying out of prison. That, that, that's pretty tough for you, too, isn't it, pal? Go ahead. Surprised at North Korea's actions. We've been down this road through three different administrations. But what this is, is a failure of uh, the Trump administration. See, the, pro- these people are so thoroughly contemptible, ladies and gentlemen. The president of the United States is trying. He's trying to reverse what's been done in the past. He's, he's using our military in a very responsible way. He's using diplomacy in a very responsible way. And you see, this is a failure. What's a failure? Well, we were going to have a summit, now we don't. That's not a failure. That's a tactic. That's a tactic. Will somebody please give this guy a free trip to the Dominican Republic? As I understand it, he enjoys this. Give him a trip to the Dominican Republic. Maybe with a few girls on the side. Oh, I didn't mean that. Forget it. Well, that's you can Google his name. Find out for yourself. Then we have Jim McGovern, Democrat of Massachusetts. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Cut seven, go. Well, I don't think anybody should be surprised that when you run international affairs like it's a TV reality show. Uh, See, they got TV reality shows. Is that what he's doing? They're there coming to the defense of a genocidal mass murder and his family in North Korea by trashing our own president. You know, this genocidal murder in North Korea, he hears all these Democrats. He watches MSNBC and CNN. He does. And he loves what he hears and sees. See, we have a fifth column in this country. It's called the Democrat Party in the media. Now we have this guy, Eric Swalwell, who is among the most sleazy of the bunch. Why he's on Fox all the time, I don't know. And CNN, MSNBC, well, maybe that's why. He makes a good punching bag. Still, he's grotesque. Cut eight, go. Well, it's unfortunate. I think talking is better uh, than walking away. But, uh, you know, the president uh, was rehearsing his end zone dance and we weren't even at the 50-yard. Shut up, you idiot. Morons like you in the United States Congress voting on our future. This is what Bill Buckley meant when he said something to the effect, and he's been quoted in different ways here. I'd rather be ruled by the first thousand names in in the phone book you know, than these politicians and so forth, something to that effect. And it's so true. And let us not forget Wendy Sherman. Who the hell's Wendy Sherman? Well, she worked for Clinton. You know, we got to have the Democrats, the conga line, the left-wingers, the great successes of the Carter administration and the Clinton administration and the Obama administration. Yes. Clinton, who armed the Chinese with MIRV missiles. You know, when Clinton was president, the Chinese couldn't even shoot a rocket into the sky. When he left, they could shoot many with merved warheads on them. Oh, yeah. Here's Wendy Sherman on MSLSD. Cut nine, go. Well, it's clearly a stunning uh, change in direction here. And the letter that the president sent, as a friend yes, of mine yes. said in an email to me as I was on the train to New York, it sounds like a 13-year-old stream of consciousness in a breakup letter from overnight camp. Oh, I, I wow, wow. So clever. So clever. Go ahead. I'm going to break up with you before you break up with me. But by the way, call me. By the way, call me. I love you. Oh, so funny. Aren't they funny, these ladies? 
They want to be treated as if they're mature, intelligent people when they're not. Who's doing the reality show now? Who's doing the reality show now? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. who the number one requested speaker is at the Reagan Library, Mr. Producer. I'm the number one requested speaker at the Reagan Library. Time and time again. I just just thought I would mention that because I love the Reagan Library. And one of the reasons I love the Reagan Library is all the wonderful people who go there. When I go there, they're just... You folks who meet me at the Reagan Library, you invigorate me. You inspirit me. You really do. Come from all over the country, all over the state of California. Maybe I'll go out there before my next book. Maybe I'll go out there later this summer or early fall or something like that and speak without a book signing. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. I'm not saying I will. Just flirting with the idea because I really enjoy going there and meeting all you folks. I really do. You know, I've had my shared mechanics calling me saying they found something wrong that needs replacing when I've taken my car in for an oil change. Those surprise high repair bills are terrible, especially when you're not covered by a manufacturer's warranty and you're paying out of your own pocket to fix them. That's why I strongly encourage you to get extended vehicle protection from CarShield. If your car is 5,000 to 150,000 miles, CarShield can save you from paying for high repair costs. Replacing your engine or even a simple sensor can cost thousands. When you're protected by CarShield, you can have your favorite mechanic or dealership fix for your car. It's your choice. CarShield also provides 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car, while yours is being fixed for free. They do it for free. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection. Get CarShield. We have it on our 2010 Camaro, and I'm glad we do. Call 800-CAR-6100, 800-CAR-6100, and mention code LEVIN. Or visit carshield.com, that's carshield.com, and use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, and you'll save 10%. That's carshield.com, or 800-CAR-6100. In both cases, use code LEVIN, and you'll save 10%. A deductible may apply. This is a wonderful, wonderful service. It really is. And it's the ultimate in extended vehicle protection. And yes, we got it for our Camaro. And I would strongly encourage you to do the same thing. All right. Let's take a call. Scott, Staten Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Mark, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, Sir, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I uh, lost my train of thought because I was waiting on hold and listening to you. And I was uh, getting very angry listening to all those names that you were throwing out, how horrible Mm -hmm. they are. These politicians. And, uh, yes, yes, exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's despicable what they've been doing to this country. Um, you know, for the last eight years, it's, it's just amazing what that man did to this country along with his cohorts. And um, we just have to, um, uh, you know, us, us Trump people, we just have to just uh, keep fighting. And you better, uh, you better be ready for this midterm election. It's crucially important. Absolutely crucial. All the people listening to me, 
This is, a, this is an epic battle now. We're involved in an epic battle. You ask me, what can we do? What can we do? Get ready. Make sure when you vote, you bring 10 people with you. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, You know, we cover these issues very, very seriously. You hear us. We get into history and the law and Constitution. It's not like we're some quasi-coherent cable host. You know, it's very, very important we get this right, particularly when we're on the radio. We will cover these issues with you. Many of the callers have been waiting a long time, but I want to cover a couple more issues, if I may. You've heard about the NFL. We talked about this yesterday. If players are going to be on the field during the uh, playing of the national anthem, they are to be respectful and they're not to take a knee. If they don't want to be, they get to stay in the clubhouse, the locker room. The players' union is very upset about this. They weren't consulted. I have two words for the players' union. Screw off. You players, uh, union representatives, you can only go so far. You're not an owner. You're not an owner. And uh, you represent the players. You don't represent the owners, and you don't represent, more importantly, the fans. That's the bottom line. But then I read here in the Hill newspaper, various NFL players are reportedly discussing different forms of protesting in response to a new policy requiring players to stand for the national anthem. Quote, I talked to a former NFL player yesterday who has said that players are already talking about other ways in which they can protest. NBC's Craig Melvin said on today, today, Melvin did not specify which players he spoke to or what other forms of protesting they were considering. Other journalists, including NFL media reporter Jim Trotter, said they are also hearing of some players considering other forms of protest, including staying in their locker room for the national anthem. Uh, That's not a protest. They said you can stay in your locker room. Um, They're trying to figure out ways to skirt the rules. Uh, They want to skirt the rules. These fools are going to kill the golden goose. I've been to a number of football games. And I'll tell you what I see in the stands. I see white people. I see black people. I see brown people. I see red people. I see yellow people. I see a rainbow coalition. I see men, old men, middle-aged men, Young men, teenage boys, little boys. I see women, middle-aged women, old women, young women, teenage women, women who are girls. 
All walks of life, all religions, all income groups. And they have something else in common. The vast majority do. They don't want to go to a football game and see crap or hear crap. They are there to watch a football game. We could care less what some fullback, offensive lineman, linebacker, receiver, safety thinks about anything except their sport. We could care less. And not only that, fans pay a hell of a lot of money to go to a football game. They pay a hell of a lot of money for their seats. They pay a hell of a lot of money for their soda, for their beer, for their pretzel, for their hot dogs, for their hamburgers. They pay a hell of a lot of money. Much of which goes into the pockets of those who are protesting or would protest. And I would tell the sportscasters out there, most of whom are liberal, you are totally disconnected from the American people. Not all of you, but too damn many of you are the mouthpieces for the players' union. And the mouthpieces for the players. They're your sources. They're your contacts. You want to be loved. We, who are not sportscasters, just fans, we could give a damn about being loved by the players. They need to be loved by us. By us. And the spin. Well, we're not showing disrespect to the military. We're just showing social injustice. First of all, I am sick and tired of this phrase, social injustice. If you want to do something about social injustice, then get the hell out of football and go into the streets and do whatever it is that you think you need to do. And same with these clown sportscasters. Again, not all of them, but too damn many of them. Yes, I agree. I agree. Social justice. Look at the history. Look at that. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. Not from the sportscasters, not from the players, not from anybody. We're going to the game to watch you play catch. To watch you hit each other. To watch you run. To watch you get into the end zone. To watch you kick a ball through the uprights. That's why we're going. I know you think this is demeaning. You're getting paid millions and millions of dollars for it from us. Now, I know this is going to offend, but we really don't care what you think about politics. We really don't care what you think about the culture, about the police, about the military, or anything else. We could care less what you think about any of that. That's not why we're there. We're there to watch you hit each other, to play catch, to run, to score, to screw up, whatever it is. That's why we're there. They get it in baseball. They get it in hockey. They get it in basketball. They get it in bowling, archery, soccer. They get it everywhere. But suddenly, football, they don't get it. And they're going to look for ways to skirt the rules. Well, they can skirt the rules all they want. And if the league and the owners don't come down on them, then we will skirt football. We just will. 
We can watch college football. We can watch college football. There's a thousand things we can do. A thousand things we can do. The players do not run football. They may have a union, but they're not in charge. That's correct. They are not in charge. Pay attention, players and your union. You're not in charge. You're not owners. Yes, owners. Did I say owners? I meant owners. You're not an owner. You don't get to call the shots. You don't get to call the shots. And in the end, we, the people, are in charge. That's how capitalism and the market system works. See, there'd be no players' union if there weren't any teams. There'd be no teams if it wasn't for us. Now, the players may think they're all powerful. They're not. They're the weakest link. They're the weakest link. We don't have to buy their jerseys. We don't have to buy what they're advertising on TV. We don't have to buy anything. And if we remove ourselves, they don't get the salaries they want, the pensions they want. But they can have their union all they want. I have a union here, too. The Screen Actors Guild. I belong to this crap union. And let me tell you something. I don't even have a choice. In order to do what I do, I have to pay into this crap union that I cannot stand. That I cannot stand. I'm in the Screen Actors Guild with all the goofballs from Hollywood. I pay enormous confiscatory dues as a condition of broadcasting. I will never back this union, this union shop, this closed union. You would think that the players' union would have something more important to represent their players on, like the head injuries and this, that, and the other, whatever. I'm no expert. But if it's the union and the players against the American people, including the fans in the stands, we will win. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. One of the great defensive ends, Fred Dreyer. I remember him with the Rams, but I know he played for the Giants a couple of years, too. Fred, how are you, sir? Mark, great to hear your voice. So you wanted to get in on this. Do you disagree with me or what? No, I, I, uh, I think what, what has to be emphasized is there's several truths going on. That's always the problem. First of all, the players come and go. Whatever their problems are, they'll get over, and it's not that big a deal. Uh, the National Football League is not in is, is not in very good hands with this uh, group of ownership. Uh, they don't know what their standards are. They don't have a rule for anything like this. Uh, they sh- they took two years for them to decide on what uh, they should do about people who don't want to stand up for the uh, national True. anthem. I'm no and, fan uh, of this commissioner either, Fred. To be honest with you. Well, look, uh, it, it goes from the head, doesn't it? You say it all the time. It sinks from the head, and uh, ownership, you know, hires. It's, it's a clubhouse. It's, it's their private 32, uh, 32 guys who get together and uh, try to decide if they should make a rule or not. 
and then they have a Goodell, they push Goodell out there, which, and I've met Roger, I know him, I know him a little bit, and um, he's, uh, he's uh, uh, a good guy, nice guy, but, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's doing what the, the league wants him to do naturally, which is his job description, but this, this, uh, this standing and, and kneeling and all this, the interesting thing is, is that... The interesting thing is, is that you've got um, you've got a, a a a group of people who are waiting to be told what to do, and mm-hmm. the, the the moment that that guy Tappernick dropped to his knee that Sunday, the owner of that 49er team should have gone down the service elevator to the field and escorted him off the field and said, "We're going to discuss this later," and and at the end of the game. He should have steered the press over to Kaepernick and said, now you've got everybody here listening to you. What's your problem? Mm-hmm. And, and, and handle it off, off, off camera. Handle it uh, in front of the people who will report it. And possibly you could gain a little bit of, uh, of, uh, of respect instead of throwing a tantrum, uh, a political tantrum, uh, and, and poorly articulating why you're doing this. You should just simply say, I'm the quarterback, I'm the titular head of this franchise, I, I have a, a great degree of respect and responsibility for my owner and the league and my position here. I thank God every day I'm able to, uh, to make $17 million a year, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, now uh, sitting down and uh, applying quarterback for the 49ers. One of the reasons that ownership is staying away from this guy is they don't trust him. They don't mm-hmm. want him to be the titular head of their franchise. You look around at all the great quarterbacks. These guys are terrific citizens, and, and any problem they might have, they handle it correctly. True. This guy does, not, this guy does not handle it correctly. He's immature, uh, and he might be a good teammate. I don't know. Uh, and God bless him for uh, being able to, uh, you know, throw a football. You know, everybody would like to be able to do that. But uh, as, as far as all of this stuff goes, it's a simple fix by the league. And, but I'm, I'm sitting here waiting to figure out what the hell the standards of the league are. It took two mm-hmm. years to figure out how to solve this. Are you kidding? And yet the other, the other leagues seem to have figured it out, haven't they? The other sports leagues. Well, how about this? Next time you go to a college game, all the players stay inside the locker room until the uh, you know all the, all the mascots come out, the airplanes fly over, and everybody, all the the band gets off the field, and and they play the national anthem, and they share that with the, with the people in the stands. The, the stands love it. The people love the the national anthem, and it's great when they say three minutes to kick off. You know, there's another thing they're trying to get rid of is the kickoff. You know, what are they going to What are they going to do now? Three minutes to the pooch, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, what are we going to do? Uh, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to take this league apart, take the game apart, and, and, and no one will give a damn anymore. And you're right; mm-hmm. they will kill the golden goose, and and it's ownership that's going to do it. And you're saying because they don't smartly put their foot down and set the rules and say you follow the rules and we're going to enforce them. Yeah, and, and the owner should have taken Kaepernick off the field, and at the end of the game, he should stand up and say, I believe in the flag. This is the ownership. 
I believe in the flag. I believe in this institution. This is a great institution. It's a great part of this spectacle to stand at attention and to and get a huge rush listening to the national anthem and then having kickoff and playing a great game in front of 80,000 people who, who really want to be there and not be bothered by all this other crap that the league lets in. You know, they, they want to be everybody's pal. They don't want to be the parent. They don't want to uh, uh, take the responsibility and say, I told the guy to get off the field. This is my team. I, have this, I paid a lot of money for this franchise. I believe in the, I believe in the, in the, uh, the principles of, of, of the league and getting together with everybody and, and having a, a great uh, afternoon, uh, which is kicked off and started by the, by the national anthem. And everybody's going to take part in it. That's what I believe. And if he doesn't want to do it, He's not going to play. Now, Fred Dreyer, let me ask you this. You come from a different generation of football players. You guys didn't earn a ton of money, nothing like this. You didn't even get the medical treatment that these guys get. I'm not putting it down. I think it's smart. They need it. You didn't even have the kind of protection on your uniform, so your helmets that they have. You know, I'm old enough to remember. I used to watch football as a kid, as I watch it now. I don't remember any of this stuff, having a role in a football game. Did it? None of it did. And listen, Mark, here's what's really interesting. I, I played from 1969 to 81. I was a rookie with the New York Giants playing in Yankee Stadium, standing on the third base side of the field, with, playing the Chicago Bears, and looking across the field at everybody standing up there like little uh, 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 statues with their helmet under their hand, uh, uh, in attention to the national anthem, and and this was the '60s. This was this was a very volatile time for the youth in this country, and nobody did that. Well, I want to thank you, Fred, for uh, coming on and talking about this, and well, uh, and I and I appreciate it. you still doing podcasting. Yeah, we're we're at uh, CRN right now, and uh, we're doing podcasts, and we're doing our our, our sports lounge with Mike Horn, and uh, we're at crntalk.com, and uh, we're in the process of you know developing our show, and like you, you know, we're trying to grow it and get our listenership, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, in order, and uh, you know, we're plugging away out here. How often do you broadcast? Well, uh, every Wednesday right now for an hour from 4 to 5 uh, uh, West Coast time. And I, I, I got to start listening to this. Problem is 4 oh, to 5 right. West Coast time is when I'm on the air. But the good thing about a podcast is I can listen to it later, right? Yeah, that's right. You can listen to it later. And on the weekends, it, 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 it replays itself to it in, in certain, uh, certain... All right, Fred. That music means I got to go. God bless you, man. And thanks for your, for your outstanding input. I much appreciate it. We'll be right back. Establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. You know, more than one million children became victims of identity theft in 2017. And families paid $540 million out of pocket to cover the cost of the fraud. Kids' identities are worth tons on the black market because thieves open accounts and parents don't find out for years. Often when they apply for financial aid for college, it's a big problem. 
and with school and medical records now digitized and even young kids routinely online, the risk is growing faster than ever. But you know what? You don't have to worry. You can protect your family. You can protect your kids right now with my ID care. My ID care covers you for the nine types of identity theft, including child ID theft with great family plans. And they provide a 100% identity recovery guarantee or your money back. That is a big difference between my ID care from the other guys because they stand behind what they're doing. You need top tier identity recovery and they stand by it with their guarantee. You and your kids need protection and you need my ID care. Learn more and get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark promo code mark. That's myidcare.com slash mark promo code mark. You know, my ID care used to only provide this service, this protection to major corporations. And now they provide it to people like you and me, individuals. So I really want you to take advantage of this one more time because it's so important. Myidcare.com slash mark. Promo code Mark. Get started here because you're going to have to protect yourself. The government can't protect you. And once the thieves get into your system, it's hard to get them out. So you need to protect yourselves, in my humble opinion. Well, Nancy Pelosi, uh, she wanted to comment on the NFL anthem rule, too. And who better than Chris Cuomo and Nancy Pelosi? Together, an IQ of negative 12. Cut 11, go. Are you okay with this rule change by the NFL? And by the way, who cares if she is or isn't? Are you okay with the uh, rule change by the NFL? Okay, go ahead. Are you okay with this rule change by the NFL? I would be more okay with it if they had consulted with the players. Uh, This was. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Where is it? Where they got clapping seals there? What's this? Oh, a CNN town hall. Consult with the players. It's the players, some of them, not all of them, who are out of control. Why would you consult with the players? The owners set the rules through the league and the players follow the rules. That's how it works. That's how it works where I work. That's how it works where most of you work. You don't get to take knees in your place of work. Hey, I'm taking a knee. Why? Because of social injustice. Go ahead. I don't think the players agreed to this. This is the owners. And by the way, it's the owners who would be fined. All right. So I want all the people who work for Nancy Pelosi to take a knee every morning. Just take a knee. And say, I'm taking a knee because of social injustice. Take a knee. Everybody on Capitol, take a knee. Take a, I don't believe it. I mean, look, America sucks. There's social injustice. We hate the cop. Take a knee. Just take a knee. And if they want to fix it up there on Capitol Hill, they need to consult with you, you see. They need to negotiate with you. The knee takers. Go ahead. National anthem. I mentioned earlier to Jesus that I'm from Baltimore. That's where it was written during the War of 1812. So I'm very possessive of it. Well, why don't you sing it? Let's see if you know the words. Why don't you sing it? Because you don't know the words. You're a nitwit. Go ahead. You should change the national anthem. Nope. I'm from Baltimore. <laughs> I love the national anthem and I love the flag. Nobody cares if you love the national anthem. There's not a single football fan who cares about you in the least. And I hate to say it, 
We don't care what the players think. I know it's awful to say. We do not care. We don't care what their view of politics is. Play football. Go ahead. Our homes are all decorated uh, with flags. It's such a beautiful thing. Which flag? Which country? I, I can't believe that uh, her, her home is decorated with flags unless it's like flags of Cuba, North Korea, her new friends, Syria. Remember her friend over there, Assad's old man? Oh, yes, I remember. Maybe the Palestinian flags like they had at the Democrat convention. Oh, yes. She have an American flag in her home? That I, honestly, I'd be shocked. Go ahead. Uh, and I love the First Amendment, and I'll just leave it at that. The First Amendment has nothing to do with it, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. My dentures are getting loose here. One more time, even for the Speaker of the House, who's been there for 412 years and takes an oath every time she's elected to uphold and faithfully execute the Constitution of the United States. The First Amendment applies to the protection of the individual and groups against the government. The NFL is not the government. It's not a First Amendment issue. I don't know how many dunderhead sportscasters keep talking about the First Amendment. It has nothing to do with any amendment. It has nothing to do with the Constitution. The NFL is not the government. It's a private entity. It's not your First Amendment right to take a knee at a football game during the national anthem. Your ass can be fired. It's not the government. Now, I don't know how many more times I have to say this. Then we have Chris Cluey. Who the hell's Chris Cluey? Former Vikings punter. Well, I don't know about you, but when I want to know about football, I go to a former Vikings punter who's seeking attention. And so he was on CNN yesterday. I think the next thing they're going to do is look for the former Vikings water boy or the guy who is in charge of the footballs or the guy who puts the big fans there during the summer so the players don't get too hot. That guy. Or that hands out the Gatorade. We want to hear from all of them. Chris Cluey, who doesn't have a Cluey. Cut 12, go. I think that in this situation, the players really have a choice to make, and that's are they going to stick together or are they going to let the owners win? So you see, ladies and gentlemen, stick together or let the owners win. It's not about patriotism, the national anthem, how you're offending veterans, active duty military personnel, and their families and the American people. No, no, no. It's the players versus the owners. Well, guess what? I'm siding with the owners. What do you think of that? Because the owners aren't taking a knee. Some of you jerks are taking a knee. What do you think of that, pal? Punter? Not even a punter. Oh, he was a punter. Cluey, with no Cluey whatsoever. Go ahead. The upcoming CBA is already poised to be one of the most contentious in, in NFL history. Oh, yes. Yes. And yes. this is the perfect opportunity for the players to make a statement to the owners. saying The players you know need to make a statement to the owners. The well-paid players need to make a statement to the owners. You don't get to tell us what to do on the field. We get to tell you what to do. We get to give the middle finger to the, to the fans in this country, except we do it by taking a knee. We control the field. Not the owners, not the league, not the refs. We do. Who is this idiot? This no cluey. Go ahead. We are going to band together. We are going to work together. And we're not going to follow these rules that are frankly un-American. And how are they un-American, genius? 
You behave yourself in the workplace? Well, what's un-American about that? You dimwit. Go ahead. You know, if, if all the players decide, hey, none of us are going to take the field, we are all going you to... You know what? I dare you to do it. I dare you to do it. Go on strike. Get off the field. Go ahead and do it, pal. Particularly you guys who are retired. Really tough guys. Mr. Punter. Go ahead. Get off the field. Have a strike. See how the American people react to that. Strike over the national anthem. And you're right to take a knee. I want to see it. Go ahead and do it. You don't scare us. You moron. Go ahead and strike. Show us how unpatriotic you are. I got no problem with that whatsoever. Stay in the damn locker room and don't come out. We'll watch college sports. We'll play sports ourselves. The hell, you're going to hold a gun to the head of the American people? This isn't even a matter of the players' union versus the owners. It's the player union versus the American people and the football fans who are some of the most patriotic people in the country. You jerk, Cluey. Go ahead. This is a guy who made a fortune and has a pension kicking a damn football over the place. Now he thinks he's Patrick Henry. Go ahead. Societal standpoint, but it's also good from a player's uh, 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 bargaining standpoint. Oh, well, that's what we're all about. You players certainly don't get paid enough. You want to shake down the fans some more? See, the owners don't pay the players, ladies and gentlemen. You do. When you buy a $12 hot dog or an $8 soda or a $14 beer or 20 bucks to park, why do you think those prices are so high? To pay schmucks like no cluey, that's why. What else does this idiot have to say? Cut 13, go. I think it's very, very important that we as a nation stop conflating the police with the military. Nobody's conflating the police with the military. We know the difference between the police and the military, no cluey. We really do. And we respect and support both. Go ahead. Our military is there to protect us from foreign threats. Let's stop. Wow. Wow, no wonder he was a punter. He's so smart. Our military is there to protect us from foreign threats. What else? Go ahead. Are doing a job that generally requires them to kill people. Uh, generally requires them to kill people? You know, the vast majority of people in the military have never killed anybody. So we have a low IQ former punter with the perfect name, Cluey, a.k.a. No Cluey telling us about our military. Our military is there to kill people. Well, if necessary, yes, but it's there to protect us. That's what it's there for, no cluey. Now, what about our police? Can't wait for this one. Go ahead. Police are civil servants designed to uphold justice. That's a completely different job than no, our No, they're not designed to uphold justice. That's what the court system does. The police are there to enforce the law. Not to mete out justice, to enforce the law. For instance, if a football player is in a bar and he starts a brawl and he punches somebody, he's to be arrested, thrown in jail, and then the justice system kicks in. Understand? No, you don't understand, no cluey. Go ahead. 
And the fact that we're starting to bring those two closer and closer together, that's what authoritarianism is. That's Who what, is you know, bringing fa- those two closer and closer together, Schmo? The police and the military? Who is this idiot? Seriously. I never even heard of him before. Minnesota. What do you got here? Go ahead. Is, is, is making those two the same thing, making your military your police. And so- our military are not our police, and our police are not the military. This is why the American people can't stand you and people like you. Because now you're trying to put down the police to suggest they like the military because they want to kill people. Isn't that what he's saying, Mr. Producer? You jackass. Go ahead. We need to be aware as a country, not just NFL players, but everyone, that the fact that we are going further and further down this path is a very, very dangerous path to be treading. Yes, it's a very, very dangerous path that we're going down. Very dangerous path that we're going down. The police are becoming like the military. And, of course, the military, it requires them generally to kill people. And the more they get together, the more they're the same. It's very, very authoritarian. Now, the next time you hear some moron sportscaster tell you, This isn't an attack on the military. It's not an attack on the police. It's about social injustice. Remember what Mr. Chris No Cluey, former Vikings punter, had to say. It's all about the military. It's all about the police. And it's all about trashing the country. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to listen to this, and this will be raised tomorrow by other hosts, and I will swing back and do it myself. This is from the New York Times. Listen. Concerned by Trump, some Republicans quietly align with Democrats. Since Donald Trump began dominating American politics more than two years ago, Democrats concerned about his policies and behavior have taken solace in a group of influential Republicans who have consistently assailed the president as anathema to the values of their party and the country more broadly. In the past, however, influential liberal donors and operatives have gone from cheering these so-called never-Trump Republicans to quietly working with them and even funding them. Through invitation-only emails and private off-the-record meetings, they have formed a loose network of cross-partisan alliances aimed at helping neutralize President Trump and preventing others from capitalizing on weaknesses in the political system that they say he has exploited. While this network has mostly skewed electoral politics, some involved see the potential for it to help from an ideological and possibly financial platform to back candidates, including a centrist challenge to Mr. Trump in 2020, possibly from within the Republican Party, even a third party. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Benedict Arnolds have now been revealed. They're working with the Democrats, being funded by many wealthy Democrats, to undermine the president and undermine you, potentially to run candidates within the Republican primary against this president next time around. This is the big story for tomorrow from the New York Times by Ken Vogel, for whom I have nothing but contempt. But the fact is, this article has told you a lot. If you're a Republican who's concerned about the health, I'm reading of this, of the liberal order and alarmed over the destruction of the norms of American democracy, there's no reason you shouldn't be willing to work with a Democrat who's equally concerned about those same matters, said Jerry Taylor, a Republican who's president of the Nixkenan Center, a moderate think tank 
that grew out of the Libertarian Cato Institute. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Shouldn't be surprised, but I'm more disgusted than anything else. More disgusted. The threat from within. The evil from within. We'll talk about it some more, as I say, tomorrow on Levin TV and on radio. And I'm sure the other hosts, now that I've alerted them to it, they ought to swing back and deal with this too. Ladies and gentlemen, sure, you could have harsh treatment to look younger, but why on earth would you do that to your face? Seriously. Listen to Joanne from Connecticut. My husband looks 10 years younger using Genesel. He saw results the first day he used it. I've also had remarkable results. Can't be without it. Imagine the bags and puffiness under your eyes gone. And watch those sagging, droopy eyelids disappear. That's years off your appearance. Genesel by Chamonix is an easy choice. Genesel contains natural ingredients for incredible results safely and quickly. It's as simple as that. In fact, with immediate effects, you'll see results like Joanne's in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Guaranteed. Right now is the perfect time to try Genesel's brand new Genesel Eyelid Lift for Droopy Sagging Eyelids. Order Genesel today and get the brand new Genesel Eyelid Lift absolutely free. Go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Better yet, call 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. Call now and express shipping is also free. Again, 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604 or Genesel.com. A coalition... Many of the same groups working to quickly mobilize mass protests across the country if Mr. Trump acts to impede the special counsel investigation. In other words, the never-Trumpers are working with the left to take out the president. The never-Trumpers are working with the Democrats and the left and their sugar daddies to take out the president and to stop his agenda. Now that they're open, now that they're in the open, now that they're exposed, now we can engage. I will get into this more thoroughly tomorrow as only I can. I hope you'll be with us. In the meantime, have a great night. We salute all those in the armed forces and the police officers and firefighters and emergency personnel out there. And I'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy Levin TV. Don't forget, tomorrow right here. God bless. God bless.